Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Hi, everyone. Um, so, Thanksgiving week. I actually, today's episode uh, is with my buddy Jay, who I do jiu-jitsu with, and he's a veteran of the armed forces, and I recorded him last week for Veterans Day. Um, so, yeah, I guess this is a week after Veterans Day, but we talk about PTSD. He's really cool and open about his experiences and stuff. Um, and it gave me like, I don't know, some interesting perspective on military stuff, veteran stuff, really. I mean, I think there's a weird thing in our country where a lot of military people, there's almost like a military class, you know, it's like, there's like this separate subset of people and a lot of like, you know, families, you know, ancestors down that they'll they'll be like military families and i don't know I, I i really think that's not a good model in general i understand why we've shifted to a volunteer military but um just like i don't know in a macro sense i think it's unfortunate that there feels like a bit of a divide between people who are of the warrior class and normal quote-unquote people you know just civilians um i think uh i don't know i don't know if i want to say too much more about it right now i think jay's an amazing guy and learning more about his life and how he wound up in the military and things he'd been exposed to early on and continued to um he's just an amazing person i don't know he's so kind and um just like got good energy and soft-spoken. I know him predominantly because of jiu-jitsu. And jiu-jitsu creates a weird knowing of people where... What's my computer making sounds? Where 
Sometimes I don't even remember people's names. We talked about that in this podcast a little bit. Sometimes I know their Instagram names better than their real names, but you know them so intimately. I mean, you're, you're trying to kill each other, but like, because you've agreed to consensually and uh, I'm not going to go wax filled too philosophic about it. Cause we, we talk about martial arts a lot in this and he talks a lot about how he wound up getting help and his feelings around, um, being around people who are veterans and have been part of that world and people who aren't. And I just think it's a fascinating, lovely talk. And I was so grateful that he was uh, willing to come on, open up and talk, talk about it. Um, I'm hoping to have, uh, I got a couple friends. This, this was in a long time in the making. I have a, a few veteran friends and, um, I'm hoping to get more of them to talk on here too, because I think it's, there's something we can all learn from these experiences. Um, Everyone has trauma in their life from something, and there are obviously very different types of traumatic situations, and those of war are horrifying to even imagine. Um, and I think people who go through those very extreme versions of uh, trauma, like, you know, we can, I don't know, our, our body, our body chemicals, I think, don't know the difference. They just know, like, I was thinking like, you know, the anxiety that we get, the hormone blast we get from fucking work emails is the same mechanism that your body had for running away from tigers, you know? <laughs> and uh, so people who have been in the fire and worked through it and, and dealt with it somehow or are trying to, I think can be wonderful teachers for us um, in our own smaller lives, you know? I thought I'd also just say something, you know, it's Thanksgiving week. And I don't know. I sat in silence for a while thinking before starting to record this about this idea of gratitude. Um, I was making me think uh, <laughs> uh, attitude of gratitude, you know? How can you be hateful with a plate full of grateful? <laughs> and I don't... Gratitude practices, I feel like, should be a daily thing. And it's hard to talk about gratitude practices without feeling so fucking corny, I think. But it's um really real. Like, I think it's really related to, like, the idea of living an in inquiry. You know? Uh, that there's a wonder that you can apply to your world and that that appreciation of it. I remember in high school learning about existentialism. We did this like unit on existentialism, you know, and I, it just stuck with me so hard that they talked about this idea of bad faith and good faith existentialism. And that basically, you know, you would, you would have the same basic understanding of of the universe and this existentialism thing. My favorite way to understand it was uh, in the movie I Heard Huckabees. I think Dustin Hoffman's character is trying to explain something to someone, maybe Mark Wahlberg's character, and he has this blanket, and he goes, okay, see this blanket? This is you, this is me, this is the universe, this is everything. And then he starts putting his... I know, what is it? He goes to the blanket, goes, this, the blanket, this blanket is everything. This is the universe. This is everything in reality, okay? And then he like pokes his finger up underneath one part and he goes, and this is you. And they pokes his finger up underneath another part of the blanket. He goes, and this is me. He goes, and then another spot. He goes, and this is a chair and this is a tree and whatever, this kind of thing. And he goes, do you get it? Do you understand what I'm saying? And then Mark Wahlberg just goes, no. And he moves on to the next thing. It's like this very quippy fast thing. But I was like, damn, that's a good way 
to explain this idea. Everything is everything. And also this idea that like everything is everything that is absurd. We don't understand it. Even the idea of like existence and the Big Bang and all this stuff, like how, how what sense does any of it make? It's like an accident. We're like mold on a cheese. And uh, that once you come to that realization, you can kind of fall down that peak one of two ways. Either bad faith existentialism, which is like uh, nothing matters and so I can do anything I want and there's no rules and nothing and you just fucking live selfishly and solipsism, whatever. Or you go come to the realization like nothing matters and that's why it does. Like the absurd wonder of this one in infinity chance of any of this being here, like beauty and love and humor and friendship and sandwiches and coffee and lavender soap, you know, like existence, um, even the ugly parts of it and the hard parts of it, just the struggling, kicking, livingness of existence this feckend respirating thing, this feeling that like just reality is alive is so wonderful that we should do everything we can to cherish it and respect it and enjoy it. Even to me, like hard things like being grateful for the pain we get to feel because what a rich existence it is. The poetry that exists in, you know, decay certainly and um i don't know if there's a way that we can recontextualize even negative feelings into this idea of just this is part of living this is part of existence and being alive and how wonderful that is i don't know i think it can be a hard concept because again it's this fine line always of like not creating uh no boundaries in ourselves, not creating allowance for every trespass that we suffer every pain that we feel and justifying it as it's something that we should be going through all the time but creating ownership around it um by appreciating it for its strange and difficult sometimes beauty and to me that's gratitude practice is um even in like the depths of misery or pain. And I know I'm, you're preaching to the choir when I'm saying like, you can't always get there. That's the whole point of depression. Bad depression is it's just every waking moment is like you want it to end. Um, but even in those moments, if it's possible, I mean, cause this is the problem you can fall into. I think I've had terrible periods in my life where I just, you know, you're, you enjoy your suffering, like your suffering is your story. And, you know, that's also not healthy and good. And you put that on other people and you got to pay attention to that. But if there's a way that you can take a deep fucking breath in tough times and good ones alike, and, you know, Just say thank, thank you for it. God damn, it's so fucking corny. But it's so true. Even, I don't know, I've been feeling weird. Uh, 
ugh, the mundane aspects of just like gratitude. They're like, no, things are definitely not perfect. Things are really bad in the world. Even Thanksgiving itself, like, is rooted in such terrible stuff. Uh, my mom was, I mean, just, you know, colonialism and this big lie that so much of the country and our education was built on. You know, just covering up this horrible genocide. Maybe that's a good Thanksgiving Day activity. John Leguizamo's uh, History of the Latin World for Morons. I think it's called Latin Latin History for Morons. It's on Netflix. It's really great, I thought. I, I think that's a good thing to maybe watch on Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I'm very grateful for my family and for my friends. And that I'm still drawing breath. And I get to watch this world and it's strange, uh, strange spiral, it's strange ever growth. And I'm grateful for Jay for uh, joining me on my podcast and getting out of his comfort zone probably a little bit and, and being open, uh, talking to me about his experiences because hopefully they'll speak to some of you out there and, and be helpful uh, one way or another for feeling good about your life and feeling gratitude for the existence you get to have. Thank you all. I'm grateful for you. Uh, on with this uh, wonderful conversation with my buddy, Jay. All right. Yes, now I'm recording. Hello. What's up, Hello. dude? What's up, bro? Um, all right. Hi everyone, uh, my good bad brain as usual. I'm here today with my buddy Jay. Um, what's your real name? It's Jonathan. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, Jake, where Jay came from. Yeah, go, go, tell me. So I was in fourth grade and we had like three Jonathans, right? So my teacher finally was like, I can't have this, so she started calling me JJ. And from is it different strokes? The there was this guy who was like dynamite, right? Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then. Is All his, my friends, his name's JJ in the show? Yeah, it's actually JJ. Dynamite. Yeah. I've heard that and I just, it's weird because that's one of those like cultural sound bites that I have no, I don't really know where it's from. I just know I've yeah. like, in my brain. And then through middle school, people are just like, I, even that's too long. So it, it's Jay and literally no one has ever called me Jonathan because in the military, I was Hines, my last name. Right. My friends called me Jay and then my family calls me Johnny. So like, yeah. Jonathan just kind of disappeared. So yeah. I've stuck with Jay for like yeah, the yeah. longest time. That's Jay's. I feel like if you have a Jay name, that's just the instant. Like it's such an easy, le- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I'm Jarrett. There's no like J- any, but like family, my sister called me JJ growing up my whole right. life. And they all just call me Jay, JJ. That's yeah. oh, weird. Anyway, yeah. uh, so we know each other from jujitsu. Yes. And uh, which is jujitsu is always, I, I mean, I love combat sports in general. I think they're really good for everybody, but yeah. especially I think young, young men and yeah. men are like, cause we just have some stuff in us that like yeah. has to, you know, it's got to come out. It's like, got to go somewhere. You yeah. have like thousands of years of like people who survived the ice age and shit in your blood. Yeah. And you're like, there's some violent urges it's like fun for us to a certain degree and so i think you got to find healthy places to get it out but also for me martial arts for me were an interesting thing um and i'm interested to hear about your experience with martial arts too um like when i was a teenager i grew up in the suburbs of chicago very like white suburb you know like it's 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 felt like even my my experience in like blue states uh or like just urban areas are like they vote like you know open-minded and diverse but like 
they there's like real segregation like you're still like very separated like by economic things and like you know my school it was like it just like was like all the all the fort kids actually because there was an army nearby the four kids like they'd all sit together and like all the hispanic kids would like sit together uh. and it was still like this very like you know it just didn't feel like there was a lot of like mixing of different kinds of people right. and when i started doing martial arts i started my first martial art was uh wing chun kung fu and i would go to the city for it i'd go like down i'd take the train to the loop in chicago and it was like um some i kind of think uh that that was like one of the probably the best like thing for widening my world that i did because like there were all different kinds of people from all different walks of life and we're trying to beat each other up and then shaking hands and like hanging out and there's something about that uh, for me in martial arts that like the the crazy intimacy of trying to hurt each other, but the trust that like you're doing it to like make each other better and because you want to have fun and like you want to like take care of each other that uh, that became very profound and, and also like makes humans more dimensional. I feel like people who don't maybe watch fight sports or aren't into it, like just see people beating each other up and don't get it. Yeah. Like, and cause especially I think the UFC is taking this turn where it's like WWE and they like to like create hate or whatever. Yeah. It's like beef between each other. But the reality is it, like for most people, you create like a weird bond. Yes. Anyway, what do you 100%. think? Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, I just, I mean, of course I saw the movies like John Clown Van Damme, you know, and all that stuff yeah. and who didn't want to do all that. So I've always been into martial arts. I was really into boxing for a very long time. Like boxing was my number one sport. Yeah. Until uh, obviously I joined the army and then we actually did a, we have a thing called combatives in there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like jujitsu, but like they try to put weapons in there and stuff like that. And yeah. then, so I did, so my squad leader was a jujitsu guy. So he liked jujitsu. He would teach us a little bit of jujitsu. And um, so one time I was going with a little guy. I didn't know nothing about jujitsu. Like yeah. I wouldn't even, I've never, I've never seen the, the UFCs or nothing like that. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, I was looking at this guy. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, fuck this guy up. Yeah. But he actually knew jujitsu before he even yeah. joined the army. So then we went at it, and I was like, oh, if he just fucked me up, yeah. and I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta learn this. Jujitsu yeah. is magical like that. Like it's you, because again, the Jean Claude shit. Like we all grow up, you know. So you do taekwondo, you yeah. do like whatever the fuck, and it really like. You learn very quickly that all the bullshit's not true. Yes. Like you can't like yeah. size and strength do matter and you yes. can't just, you know. And uh and then you do jujitsu and like all of a sudden, like all the it's like all the like size I think for me jujitsu was like size and strength do matter. And they were like, Yes, it does matter. And we're not gonna pretend like it doesn't, but also you can do these things. Yes. And it was the first time that like I mean, when I started jiu-jitsu, I was much smaller, and I think I was competing, like, I would compete at, like, 147, and uh, and I could, like, when I got okay at it, the first time I, like, armbarred someone legit who was, like, jacked 220, and I was like, I was like, fuck, I was like, this works, this yeah. is crazy. There's something about that that's, like, I don't know, it's, it's empowering and humbling at the same time, you know? Yeah, definitely. So the army, the army's where you... Like, well, actually, when you boxed, I was just curious. Did you box a long time? Did you, like, hard spar or compete or anything like that? No, it was just uh, I would train at a gym, and I just watched it a lot. I mean, my because um, my parents are Mexican, so that's, like, big in the Mexican community, I mm -hmm. guess. It's, like, because of Chavez and, you know, all the great boxers, the sure. La Jolla, all that stuff. So that's always been, like, the number one thing in boxing, so for Mexicans, at least. And um, so, yeah, I, I did that for a while, and then... I just I didn't never followed it. I just yeah yeah I just got into my own thing and then I thought about, I was I was just thinking about boxing recently too because like 
I was just thinking about concussions, yeah. you know, but like, I really like striking and I've started doing a little bit of like, we were just talking before we started, starting to do a little bit more of it just for the cardio. But like, um, as we've learned, like how fucking bad, uh, brain trauma is for you, you know, yes. I think yeah. about like stuff I did when I was younger, right? just for nothing. Like yeah. I wasn't going to be a fighter, like sparring sessions where you just like are knocking the shit out of each other. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think. Like every time you get a little channel change, you're like, that's a tiny concussion. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think about that a lot. Like I was thinking about that related to other people in my life, my my, my dad and stuff like, like that weird, just learning more and more that if you fucking rattle your brain around. And I think there's something kind of like almost nice about understanding that because like with mental health problems and difficulties, um, you know, obviously boxing, there's like cognition stuff or whatever that happens when you're later. If you have too much head trauma, like just, you know, how well can you speak or think? Yeah. But also uh, we're learning more and more emotional processing issues become really difficult. And a lot of like football players and boxers get like uh, depression and things like that. And I think it's interesting to note that it is like I think still there's the stigma and feeling that mental or emotional processing issues are just um are, are still predominantly like a choice, like are like a moral one or like, is your willpower strong enough? Yeah. Just da, 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 da. And the more we understand about this like squishy fucking thing in our yeah. head, like you realize, oh, well, that makes sense. Like yeah. if you let the air out of some tires and they'd flop around and right. stuff, you know, yeah. that like that something in the physical processing can be disrupted that has like that affects your sense of self and, you know, things that we don't associate with physical symptoms. Like we tear our shoulders and we're like, oh yeah, my shoulders, like whatever. But like the idea that is becoming clearer and clearer that like you can also get punched in the head too hard or like whatever. And that can affect you. You can get like anxiety and, yeah, and fucking like a long suicidal. Like that you don't even see right away. Right? right. Yeah. Do you have any experience with, do you, do you associate anything like, like that with, you know, do you ever have like injuries or things like that that seem to? No, I haven't had any. Like, I've been very lucky for some reason. I've had very little to any injuries. I've never, yeah. I've never had a broken b- right. bone or anything like that. I've been pretty lucky. I think I feel. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a segue into like why I why I wanted to talk to you. Yeah. Um. Uh. Do you mind telling me? I, I don't want to say it. Do you want to say like why I about the why you're here and and your experiences like. You're a veteran. Yeah. And it was Veterans Day recently. Yes. And I wanted to, and I just, I thought, I've been wanting to do this for a while. We've talked about it for like yeah. months. I've been yeah, like, man. hey man, you want to yeah. talk on my podcast? Because um, you've been through something that a lot of people have, but a, a lot more people haven't. And right. I think it's very fucking interesting. Uh, and you have, I mean, I think a lot of people, I think probably a lot of people have more, have trauma in their lives more than they think they do. Um, and I think a lot of people are having post-traumatic stress symptoms in their life from those things, but you have a very unique experience with the military and, uh, yeah, what is, I guess what's a good question to start that off is like, do you, have you been diagnosed with like PTSD? Do they say, give that phrase to what you... Yes, I have gone to the VA and yeah, I was diagnosed with PTSD, yeah. What is that, uh, I'm not asking this like... Cause I actually, I have like a sense like of a stereotype of what I think PTSD might be, but like, what are, what's your experience of like what you go through that made them say like, Oh, well that's PTSD. Well, uh, once I, I, you know, what's funny because people ask me all the time, what's the hardest part about the military? And I think, uh, it's getting out. 
mm. you know, because it's such a different um, culture from being in the military and being out. So I got out in 2013. Yeah, I was I got in 2009 and I got out 2013. And when I got back, it was it's a, like a switch. It's a, it's a weird switch. You know, you, you're happy to be home, but it's still you take time to integrate and in, back into normal because you know mm-hmm. military people and uh civilians i guess i'm air yeah. quoting but they're very different you know it's very different for us to come back and just be normal i guess you can yeah. say you know so i had i had trouble coming back and i still have a little bit of trouble I'm, it's getting better but yeah i think jujitsu helps me out a lot and mm-hmm. you know i take cbd a little bit to help me so yeah but do you can you talk about the your work? Is that like what yeah. you do now? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, just making sure. Yeah. yeah. What so and with the, as a I'm gonna come back to some of that, but um with the C B D you you actually I thought that was an interesting thing I wanted to talk to you about too, because you you're in the weed business now. Yes. Yeah. I work for my friend who I met through jujitsu, which is crazy. Uh Bunch so, of fucking potheads yeah. doing jujitsu. <laughs> um so I'll tell you how I, how I got into it. So I was training there with, at, a, at a different gym and he was a good friend of mine. And I would tell him all the time, you know, about I was out of the military and, you know, I had PTSD and also with soreness with jujitsu and all that. And he tried, he told me to try CBD. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of CBD. Yeah. And when he told me about it, I was like, uh, I was a little bit reluctant because I don't like smoking weed. Like yeah. it's not my thing. Oh really? You know, I get like oh. super paranoid. Yeah. I don't actually smoke weed. I, just, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just straight oh. CBD. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, he told me about it and I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, um, I don't like getting high, but he told me, he's like, it's a non-psychoactive, you know, it's really good for you. It's like all the benefits of weed without getting high. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll try it. And I tried it and it, it was, it was very, it worked very well for me. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Yeah, it was Just really good. Just smoking it or like rubs or? Well, I had, first I was taking an oil, it's called the Rick Simpson oil. You know, I take an oil, you put it under my tongue and yeah. you know, it, it goes into my kidneys or whatever, but. I had it, one like that that was like, it was like 16 to 1. It was like mostly CBD yeah. and like a tiny bit of yeah. THC. Those are the ones I like. It's 16 to 1. That's, yeah. a, really, that's a really good. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's like I found out too through him that you have to have a little bit of THC in it for it to like really yeah. work. Because, you know, people sell CBD out in the stores now, but there's no THC yeah. because obviously they can't sell it with right. THC in it. So, yeah, I was doing that and that helped me out a lot. You know, I tell them all the time. I still tell them that it helped me out a lot. With everything, you know, because CBD is like, uh, it's like an antidepressant as well. All that good stuff. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, when I was just having some injuries and stuff, I, I mean, I do like smoking weed a lot. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the thoughts it gives me. Like it just yeah. makes me look at, I don't know. It, it makes me feel like, um, I just start thinking more abstractly, but it feels concrete. Yeah. And like, I think they're just, that's the best way I can describe it lately is I like the thoughts it gives me is that it helps me um, observe my experience in a more objective or more maybe just like distanced way. Like it makes it safer to yeah. like look at reality and go and be like, okay with how weird it is. Yeah. Like, and how much, how, how strange three dimensions is and consciousness is and time is. Yeah. And that, that all seems like those are all like illusory things um, that we just kind of invented to try to manage our sense of the world. Yeah. Um, but that the ability and, and I feel like if you think too hard about that stuff, the edges start to fray on reality and you can start to like fall apart. Uh, and there's something in weed that like just makes it OK. I remember the first time I got high, like a long time ago when I was like younger, I just said uh, and I wasn't really into it. Um, 
I said it felt like it just felt like being like really stupid, but I'm okay with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now it's become more different. It's become like it's become like I'm okay thinking about dark or scary ideas, you know? Yeah. Like it's made it um like sometimes edible trips can get a little weird, like if they can become like like the paranoia stuff and yeah. things can happen. But like um I feel like now that I'm used to them, I actually like those ones because it feels like I can see, I can start to think about darker, scarier things. Like the best way I can, I can describe the weird anxiety that comes with it sometimes is like, um, there's just, have you heard of cosmic vertigo? No. They call it, that's this phrase for like, when you look at the night sky and there's like billions of stars and you just start thinking about how infinite everything is, you realize every star is like, and you get that feeling of like, oh, Oh, that's like, they call it cosmic vertigo. Yeah. I feel like weed does that sometimes. Like if you eat too much, like you, but like now I like trying to navigate that causing vertigo. I don't know. But that, uh, the CBD, uh, I, when I was making some rubs with my brother, we were like, you do need a little THC to help it like fully absorb. Yeah. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting because you went from like military, which is like very, that stuff's not okay. Yeah. At federal yeah. level. And like, it's an interesting segue to me, especially when CBD and the other things like are considered so healing. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It was crazy for me too. I mean, if you told me um, I'd be getting out and then I'd be working in the marijuana business, I would have been like, Oh, you're crazy. You know, I, yeah. even I didn't think that I'd be doing that, but do you, but how, so do you find it now? Like, do you meet other or other veterans working in that stuff? Actually, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's surprising how much, um, I didn't know, but there seems to be a lot of veterans that are, they, they, I've heard of veterans using uh, marijuana and, and it helps them a lot, you know? So I always think if it helps you do it, you know, for yeah. everyone, everyone's different. So everyone's going to try their own thing. Yeah. So you got to find what you like. And just so backing up a little bit, uh, cause I'm going to get into that. Cause I want to know about what did, what did help you. But before getting into like what helped you, I'd love to know about like what challenges you were facing. Like uh, again, like what is when they say you have PTSD, like what is that like in your life? Okay, so I went through like a one year really bad like depression, like mm-hmm. a real bad. Like this I is after coming back? This is after coming back, yeah. So How long were you gone? How long were you over? I was gone four years. You, the whole four years was like, so you trained for four years and so, then... So I did, how did I say I did... Two years in training, Germany. Mm-hmm. I did. Then I did one year deployment in Afghanistan, and then I came back to Barstow, which is like right yeah. before Las Vegas. So I was stationed there. For, so I did four gotcha. years. What was your uh, job? What was your? I was infantry. So oh, I was gotcha. like, yeah, was, yeah, it's hardcore. That's yeah, like, yeah. Um, so you, so you were there. So you were two years in Germany, and then you said like a year in Afghanistan. A, one year in Afghanistan, yeah, and then a year in Barstow. Yes. And then, uh, what's it like? Like, what's the process of? I don't know. I feel like I, most of us, uh, unless you have family or friends in the military, and even if you have friends, I think and you don't really talk about like how is uh, what's the process of getting in like 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 how fast are you like swept from your regular life into like I'm in the army now and then it's it's like right away like how, boom. how did you wind up? How old were you when you joined? So yeah, so I tried to join when I was 17, mm-hmm. right? I I don't know first. I'll tell you why I kind of joined. I'll tell you there was two yeah. main reasons that happened for me why I joined was um, first of all. Um, we had a, I had a cousin I was like 13 or something who joined the Marines like right after the Iraq wars mm. and he came back he was a Marine I believe yeah and 
everyone was just like so like proud of this guy you yeah. know he was like but he was like completely different like he was like a troublemaker and like you know he wasn't like before oh, he before he yeah. joined and then like, he just did like a 180 and he's like a marine and you know he was like very like on it so i was like oh man that, that's pretty cool for him to do that you know yeah. so that was one one of the reasons I was like i was like oh man i kind of want to do that you know and second reason was that i was uh i grew up right here in echo park you know? oh yeah yeah so it was it wasn't the echo park you see now it was it's very different, different yeah. way different so how old are you now i am 27 about to be 28 gotcha. in, on friday so yeah it's like, my so birthday talking, oh, ha- yeah. oh birthday. Yeah, thank you uh which are like 10 10 15 i mean pretty so much 10 years ago 10 years yeah. ago and then but growing up here would have been like 20 years ago. yeah very yeah, yeah. different very, yeah, very, very different, different. Yeah. like i wasn't going to the park after eight was not even like a question. Right. You just wouldn't go to the park yeah, after eight. Yeah, it was very bad. They found bodies like in the lake. And I remember hearing about that. Yeah, just when I came and started learning, because like, I grew up in Chicago. But I when I moved out here about ten years ago, but I was living in the valley. But prior to that, like when you read ten years before that, it was yeah. like way crazier. Yeah, and like there was the Rampart scandal and all the stuff in the nineties, and it was yeah, like it was just this corrupt. This whole area was yeah. like pretty crazy. So um, yeah. So I was, I was doing real bad, you know, I just wasn't going to school. I was hanging out with bad people. And one of my friends got shot and he died. Fuck. He was in a gang and he was, he was like a good, it was weird because he was one of those people that just, he didn't belong in a gang. Like he yeah. was, a, he was a good guy. He was a smart guy, but he was like, it was guilty, but he lived in that area. So like pretty much jumped him in. So he was, yeah, he was right. in it. So he, we would talk sometimes and he'd be like, man, you're like, you're, you're too good for this. Like you shouldn't be, you should be hanging out right this. He would tell me that stuff. And then he died. I was like, uh, that's probably, you know, a good sign for me to be like, yeah, I can't, I shouldn't be yeah. doing this. So then I was like 17. And then that's when like the recruiter started coming around that schools. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That seems like something I want to do, you know, but I couldn't when, when you're 17, you can't um, join without a parent's signature. Mm-hmm. Right. And my mom was like, no fucking way. Like, she was very like anti-military like no not at all my son's not gonna be no none of that so i had to wait till i was 18 i actually the day after my 18th birthday i went straight to the recruiter's office and i was like i want i gotta i gotta join so i joined at 18 what what was the joining like like do you do that test and i did it like one time i went to like i did this little mini test and it was a whole silly thing well before they even like let you test they do like a like a mini test to see if you can actually right. take the test right? right this is called the aspav and then you take like a right. physical test push-ups they take runs. you push you to, they put you in the hotel right for two yeah days or yeah yeah so i did that and then yeah, i did the physical and then boom like do you sign the contract before going to do the tests and stuff uh do i remember yeah i think i did yeah i was yeah. signing contracts and then then they do the test yeah and so. you were signing up for infantry from for, there, right yeah. yeah it was funny because i actually I didn't score that high, but I had a good score on my, it's called the ASPAB. Yeah. And my recruiter was like, you know, you don't have to do infantry. You can do like another job. You know, you don't have to be like, but I was like, I just felt like I'm not going to join the army and, and not for some weird reason. That's what I was thinking. I, I was like, mean, I'm not going to. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So I was like, if no matter what I can job, I can get, just give me infantry. That's all yeah. I want. Just give me infantry. So I did that. I was like 18 years old. And then I took off to Georgia, which is where Fort Benning, where they have the infantry school. You yeah. know, so I was over there. I was like hot. I never felt anything like that. It was really crazy. Yeah, it was because over there it's humid. It's not like dry yeah. heat here. So, right. you know, I've only had dry heat in my whole life. So, yeah, that was crazy. I did. Then I did infantry school, and then I got I got stationed in Germany, which uh, at first I hated. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be so far away from home. But then. I got to Germany and, and man, Germany is amazing. So really? yeah, I was, I was there for like two years and it was because we had weekends off and yeah. like, 
uh, you could drink at 18 over there. Right. You know, I was still 18. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go out because I'm 18. But over there, it's like, that's fine. You, yeah. you go ahead, buddy. So, yeah. And then two years after that, I deployed to Afghanistan. I was in Zabul. It was like southeast, close to the Pakistan border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I did one year over there. Uh, I came back. Then I wanted to be close to home. So I got stationed in Barstow for my last year. And then that was it. I what do you do in Barstow? Like for- See, Barstow is different. It's a training unit. It's so yeah. We're not actually not training ourselves to deploy. We're training other people to deploy. Gotcha. So they come in, we train them, and then they go and deploy. Yeah. So we don't actually deploy there. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's what I was just curious about because I was like... Because um, it's huge. It's really huge. It's like, you know, you've seen when yeah. you pass through, it's all desert. So Yeah, yeah. I was like, so I'm just because that's interesting to me how like careers in the army work because like people you know you think of people think about like the the conflict zones but like there's a the base germany and like yeah. there's bases everywhere oh, there's yeah. so much work yeah. and stuff that they do what did you do in germany when you were stationed there we're pretty much training to deploy got yeah. it so so it's like more training after training it's like all yeah. yeah 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 pretty much just keeping um, like keeping sharp pretty yeah, much yeah what's uh, what so like i'm just curious so i all right off the bat it's interesting to me like it's not like you're it's not like you were a stranger to fucked up shit before joining the army. You know? No, no. Like your friend died when you were a kid. Yeah. Um how did that like do you ever think like I don't know, like how did that affect you and and how did that affect I don't know, I feel like as we get older we get better at reflecting on yeah. our experience yeah, and definitely. being like yeah. and and like now I think I'm a place where like if something fucked up happened to a friend or to me or whatever, I like if it was just a they might have an instinct to go like, well, I don't know, whatever. I'm just going on. Yeah. But like I've noticed now, um, this is very dark. This is a very dark yeah. turn or whatever. But I just, this this been thing has been stuck in my head. The Thousand Oaks shooting like a week ago. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Horrible, horrible thing. The guy made Instagram posts while doing it. And uh, and one of the things he said was like, people are going to give a lot of reasons why I did this. The truth is there's no reason. Uh, I was just bored. So I, I see he said life is boring. So I just thought, fuck it. Wow. And he was a Marine, and yeah. he was a former Marine. I saw that. You know, PTSD yeah. stuff, I think. Uh, I, w- I believe he was, it said in the thing. And when he said that, I was freaked out, th- like listening to it, because I was like, I've said stuff like that about my life. I've I just said, I've been like, life's boring. I don't know, life just feels really boring. That's why I like to like get drunk, and that's why I like to like just do other compulsive things and disappear in them. I was like, I don't know, regular life's just boring. And... um as I did more processing and stuff about like my life and whatever, and everybody has their own traumas, like, you know, whatever, whatever the fucking thing is that's making you block up in your, cause I think it happens to us when we're kids. Like, I don't think it even has to be like some big, like it just has to scare you enough and be like unsecure enough when you're young, when you're like a kid kid that you go like, Whoa, I'm going to lock down on that shit. And you start to like have trauma response stuff in your life. But I realized later that like when I would say I'm, that feeling of boring was really like um, because of like a numbness that I had like had to create for myself because I had so much anger and and like fear or pain or whatever that like you just numb it and then you go like, no, I don't know, I'm fine. Like uh, things would happen that people would be like, are you okay? Or things like, how's that going for you? And I'd always just be like, no, I don't know. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm just curious, like when you're a kid, like, you know, teenager, I don't know, like, did you have any like what was your family like? What was your what was your culture like like your your like a community like that where you would be like did you guys reflect on that stuff and did you think like whoa this is something fucked up 
that I should talk to someone about or think about, you know what I mean? Or was it kind of just like, this is life and we just got to keep going? Yeah. So my family is all Mexican. So that's like, um, it's, it, it's, you don't, people don't really talk about, you know, stuff, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like you said, it's just, oh, this is life and we just deal with it. And I actually had like a crazy upbringing because I grew, uh, my family's from Sinaloa and that's like one of the worst places yeah. for the cartel. And I lived in, it's called Los Mochis, Sinaloa. I lived there for two years, right? Because my mom took us back for a while because she was just tired of being here. And then I lived in Juarez. I don't know if you heard of Juarez. Yeah, that's but like the really, really that's bad really, So like I've lived in like some of the most horrible yeah, places. Dude. Like, And while I was there, in, I was 13 when I was in Juarez and I was like seven or eight when I was in, in Sinaloa. Damn. When I was in Juarez, like they were finding women decapitated. Yeah. Like, on the streets you know it was real bad back over there i wouldn't even be able to go to the store and get like by myself at least you know it was real bad so it's just i've lived and then i lived in echo park and then i went to afghanistan so it's like it's just yeah yeah it's been it's been a crazy ride for me yeah why do you think do you ever think like i don't know i'm i'm a maniac i really like believe in sometimes like weirder yeah and stuff like that like my brother like my brother and i have very similar lives but for some reason death has touched his a lot more you know like best friends when he's like in fourth grade who dies and and like uh you know my grandfather he like sat with him while he died and my grandma like he's just been around death a lot more and and i'm all, sometimes i'm like it's weird because we are in the same house but like for some reason it was just right. in his life over and over again like even when he was born he almost died when he was born like he huh. had like a heart thing you know they had to like do surgery like two days into being yeah. alive so i don't know sometimes i'm like what do you think this thing that touches your life early, this like violence and this like difficult situations, like, do you feel like there's any sort of higher thing at work? Like that this is a theme, a thing that you encounter these difficulties or do you feel better equipped to it? Or do you feel less equipped because it was harder? You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I think that now that, you know, I reflect on it too, because I was like, that's, that's some crazy stuff for me to live all these places. Like most of those places are like, were named like the most dangerous places in the world. Still, Yeah. Yeah. So I always thought I was like, I think that's why I, I'm so much nicer to people. You know, I try, I always try to be nice because like, I know there's some fucked up shit going on all over the world. I've seen it. You know, some people tell you, oh yeah, I heard about, but I've actually seen it. You know, I've seen, I've been in Mexico over there and I've been in Afghanistan and I've been here. So I've seen, but I've also seen the good like the real good like in these places in these places like anyone in you know anyone just helping each other out you know and so always try to be good do you feel like i'm not trying to lead a question here because i don't i don't know what the answer to this is like do you think it's like these bad places like do you think it is most people are good and trying to help each other and there's still like there's just a few people that like you know make it fucked up like it only takes like it only takes one act of violence or one asshole to like really fuck things up that is true yeah just like the whole thing with the shooting with the thousand yeah exactly but i do yeah i do believe there's more good than than bad at least i want to believe that right i mean i saw you posting some pictures on your instagram the other day and like with you with kids and people who are like there and and you are like that seems to me like that's the horror of everything is like there are really good just normal people everywhere then yeah. that like it's so easy for people who don't see it to like just generalize right. like oh that's just a shithole that the, everyone there is like fucked up or whatever yeah, no definitely we we had a lot of good people we met over there of course there were some bad too but almost a lot of the people that were there actually like didn't like the taliban you know they were actually were happy we we're there because they're like 
they're like gangsters here you know they yeah. just terrorize them and they were happy that we were there helping because some kids one time we had to help kids like go to school just go to school like walk to school because the taliban would just if they were seen with us they were just shot or whatever that's like i mean that's like that girl malala yes She's like yeah, shot in the face that. for yeah. like trying to go that's, to school that's right so crazy yeah yeah that's horrifying i mean man there's so much i'm so curious about this uh I'm just I don't know it's fascinating because for a lot of people joining the army who haven't grown up around tough like scary shit like that yeah. like it would be a huge risk you know yeah. like it would be like a feeling of like am I going to give up my normal like civilian yeah. like th- like civilized right. just, you know everything's yeah. fine like I'm going to go join the army yeah you know and or the or that's why they do it because yeah. there's like this romance associated with it I'm going to be a fucking soldier yeah. it's going to be like you know, but for you, it's like you that was stuff in your life a lot already. Yeah. You know, plus a lot of it had to do. I, I kind of really believed in what we were doing over there. You know, I, yeah, because I was I was sold on the idea that we're helping them, you know. Yeah. Well, tell me. Can you tell me more about that? Because I, I, I'm we're close in age. You're you're younger than me by, yeah. I think, five or six years. Yeah. Um, but that stuff, uh, I don't know. I like I struggled with my thoughts about. It just feels like as a young man, you feel like you're supposed to do that. Like you're supposed to go to the army. You know, like on some level, like culturally, all the stories you learn, yeah. of like King Arthur and all the legends yeah. and all the shit is like you're like I'm supposed to go be in a war, and yeah. this is a war that's going on. And um, I don't know. I'm just curious about like yeah, how 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 was your belief before going in? How does it feel now? Like. Yeah, tell me more about that. Uh, well, it was weird because, you know, I didn't feel like I had to go. I feel like it, that was just, it was me. Like, for some reason, I just felt like, yeah, this is this was made for me. Like, I was, I'm supposed to do this. I felt, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, like that was my calling or something. But, yeah, I just I just kind of thought I, I would always end up doing it. And I did, you know. Did As you, I said, how was it? Like, not, not in the obvious, like, fucked up bad things happened. But, like, you helped those people. And you were in it for four years. Yeah. I'm sure, like, you're close to people and stuff. Like, was it fun? Was it good? Like, I what mean, was it like? Deployments are different for everybody. But I feel like you experience every single emotion. Like, you're going to be sad. You're going to be happy. You're going to be, you're going to get mad. You know, there's you, you experience every single emotion over there. And the best way I've described it, I've tried to describe it to people. It's like that uh, scene in The Matrix where, mm. like, he asked them, do you want the red pill or... The blue pill, and then once you take, you know, was it the blue pill or the red pill, whichever, right? You're like, (laughs) fuck, I probably should have not done this. Red pill. Yeah. Do you feel like fuck? I shouldn't have done this. I feel like I was a little too young. It's it's something even through all the stuff I have seen. Still, it's like it seems to be like an older man's job. You know, 18 years old, and you're over there, and you're just worried about if your fucking truck is gonna blow up or something, or today's the last day, or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just constantly fucking on high alert pretty yeah. much you know so and then you're there for a year so it's not like you just go home and you're like oh let me let me lay down and rest when you get back like your friends are out there so you got to be waiting like you got to be up and waiting to see if they're getting shot so you can go help them so you're never really there's right. no there's no month i even threw my watch away i had a watch for like the first three weeks i was like there's, it feels like there's no time here there's no days there's no Fuck. nothing it's just Good every day is a monday every that's what it feels like yeah that's wild man yeah but I'm still glad I did it, though. You yeah. know, it's like, still, I'm glad I did it. But so you say, like that thing you said that you it was you couldn't turn it off. Like you said, it was like you can't just uh, yeah come back exactly. And especially when you get back, you're yeah. still on like high alert. Like everything's you're like 
looking at windows, you know, all that stuff. You know, it's hard to turn off. You that know? stress. That yeah. Do you still feel that way? Always. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. But that's why I think jujitsu helps me out a lot with that. You know, I kind of yeah quiets the mind pretty much. You know, that's what they say, right? For sure. Yeah. That's like definitely. I think why I keep, I realize, I mean, like I've done it on and off for like 12 or 13 years, yeah. like way, way too long to, uh, um, you know, be where I'm at with it. Yeah. But I, it really is like a personal journey. Like I, I just noticed whenever, yeah, whenever my mind gets too loud and things get fucked up, yeah. and I always end up back. I would, well in the past, now I know, now I'm like, okay, I got to just keep doing this forever. Cause it's, you know, and I'm, so I'm not like super consistent, but it's like, right. you just, if you go like once a week or even yeah. every once in a bit. Now I've, I've talked to friends about it, uh, and uh, we just say we're like I'm always doing jujitsu. Like even when yeah. I'm not training, I'm like there's a mindset and like a, a thought about like problems have solutions. Oh yeah, 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 I definitely. Can master my mind in these scary situations. That is like um, definitely lasting. Yeah. So, um, so when you come back, like how? How long was it before you started? Like, why? Why did you end up? How did you get someone at the VA to say, "Oh, you have PTSD"? Like, like, did you wait a while before going to see people, or were they like? Yeah, I actually didn't even go right. I, st- you know, I still under the process of that, but I actually didn't go right away because I just, you know, same when you get out, you just you don't. Like, it's not something you want to tell people. It's not something you want to have, really. You know, it's because it's just so frowned upon maybe even back then maybe it's a little bit more accepting now but before it was like oh he's just crazy veteran you know this fucked up he's like people always say crazy crazy you know so i was like ah you know sometimes i don't even tell people that i was in the military i just just, no that's not even some people i tell it not because i'm not proud of it because you know they'll they'll you know they'll try to get into it so i was like oh okay they want to be like oh what happened yeah yeah, tell me about stories and shit yeah that, well, because you're also saying you're saying this thing about like, oh, you're a crazy veteran. Like, yeah. can you say more about like, what does that mean? Like, that's ex- that, you know something that got me mad was that whole shooting thing because the first thing they, they popped up was like, oh, this this guy had PTSD. And, you know, he probably did, and it's probably was a factor. But it's you know, veterans are like, I've met veterans that that's the last thing they want to do is hurt, like hurt other people. You know, right. they want to they're selfless that's the best way to explain a veteran to me you know every veteran they'll i mean they went up to sign up and you know for most people they believe that it's to help their country you know to people they haven't even met before you know so that's that's what that's what i thought too you know um, of course but that's the last and i saw that i was like ptsd i was like ah that's like of course they're gonna say that you know could have been a lot of things you know do you feel like um now that you're done with it and stuff do you feel like how do you feel about that original feeling that like I'm gonna help people and I'm gonna this is gonna be a good thing? I still I still believe in it, you know. Yeah. There's because of, because of what I saw, you know, what we did. We yeah. did help a lot of the. I mean, some people don't even have water over there, which is crazy. They had to walk to. So we made wells. We made a couple of, like water wells. Yeah, you know, for them to have water, because some people would have to like walk for like hours just to get water and bring it back. You yeah. Know? So it was did a lot of good over there. So I, I still fully believe. And you know, and if they asked me to go back, I'd let it go back. Yeah. yeah, I think what you said. I I think the reason it's tough. I think like in the news cycle, part of it is that like it just becomes the expected. We got to say this and this stuff. Yeah, I think the hopefully positive version of it uh, is that like we notice this pattern and go like because I think what you're saying is right. I think a lot of people who have these kind of things like don't have a violent they don't want to hurt anybody right. but knowing that suicide rates are so much yes, higher and exactly. so fucked up yeah. that like that's somebody they're hurting even if it's just themselves and this um hopefully that by 
saying in the news and uh, noting this thing, like the shooter was was a uh, former military, and yeah. he did, that we start to just like keep paying attention to. See, I think the problem is people do just go like, oh, crazy, stigmatize it, yeah. instead of going like, wait, there's a pattern here. Right. We should like, yeah, care about this. Yeah. And like what you said about the young men thing is, I think, very true. I mean, I, <clears throat> I think you realize like. Um, very cynically as you get older and realize like how the world works and you're like all the presidents and all the fucking presidents who are not ex-military and businessmen and you know whatever and even generals and shit whatever they're all old men yeah and uh i you start to and then also i i'm sure you're starting to feel this way now when you meet 18 17 20 year olds when i like i think like there's nothing i went to my brother's uh my brother was at college and i I went and visited when he graduated i went to like a frat party and it's just like all these young men who are like drunk and like 20 or 21. And I was like, this is the scariest place in the world. Like, because like I'm like 30 or something at the time. And when they shake my hand, they're just crushing my hand. And you can just feel like these young men who are like, yeah, so intense all the time and like, are like, want to test it and want to like, you know, and you're just like, fuck the, the level of like, just, um, it's like it's like a giant dog. It's like right, a, it's like it's yeah. like being around an excitable like a puppy that doesn't know he's a. It's like a missile with no direction yet. Right? Yeah, and and you're just like you don't know if they're like because Bodie like our dog is like this big dumb German Shepherd Husky mix, and when he's a puppy like. I think sometimes he just gets in a feedback loop and then he's growling and suddenly it's really crazy. And I feel like young men feel that way. Like there's a thing to them, especially when they're in a group, that if they don't have tools to discuss their feelings right. or appropriate boundaries that they're taught early on or anything like that or appropriate outlets for all our like um, fuck stuff, break stuff instincts, you yeah. know, that like it becomes a really. And um, also, if you're a cynical leader of people, like you can get them to do crazy right. shit. Yeah. And so you're like, well, that seems like the best. Those are the people we should sign up for uh, army stuff. Because, yeah. you know, like when you're 25, 26, 27, you start to go like, I don't know if that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, like when somebody tells you yeah. to do something. Um, I don't know. That, yeah. Like, I don't know. What do you think about uh, that? Like how how old were like your training officers and commanding officers and stuff when you were doing it? I was actually, that's funny you mentioned that because I was actually one of the youngest guys in my whole platoon. It's That's why I said it seems yeah. like a older man's job because most of the guys i was with were pretty much older you know yeah like we're talking like 20 25 30 even like older guys with like full families and everything i'm like this young 18 year old you know just nothing you know yeah but yes we do have a couple young guys but i was one of the youngest in my whole platoon i was the second youngest was another guy who just beat me by a couple months but most most of them are pretty much older from that's why i feel like i'm like i feel i'm what 27 but i feel like i'm like fucking 37 maybe. yeah yeah, yeah like well, I see, did, did it feel so like you that's four years right you're four years in 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 this thing and i i mean how did it like not even the stuff people think about like just like war zone stuff like how does training affect your sense of self or like you know um your uh, mental state i and, think training is, is it's a good thing because you get tested so much like you do things that you thought would would like you couldn't do like you go days oh. without like sleep or food you know and you just i've never seen someone actually stand and be sleeping until i joined the military yeah. i didn't even think that was a possible like a possible thing but like like a walking zombie pretty much because yeah. you're so tired you know they, they try to feed you as little as possible overtrain just yeah. so i like that whole thing where like let's make training harder than what it's probably gonna be yeah. you know because that's always a good thing i think you know? totally for so so you for you it became a very 
it was inspiring. It, it was, was like it was yeah. like you found strength you didn't know you had. Right. And, yeah. It yeah. was yeah, a lot of discipline. I I was probably the most undisciplined person. Does that stick with you, the discipline stuff? I would, I hope so. You know, well, I, I try. Mean, I'm just like, because I, I, I'm bad at that yeah. shit. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I've never, I messy room all the time yeah. and shit and whatever. But like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fi- I feel like I'm finally starting to figure out ways to like, yeah, stabilize my life a little. It does. Yeah, I think the whole making the bed thing was one of the big ones, and the late thing. I'm, I used to always be late. I just time was nothing to me, right? Yeah, it's right. just whatever. But now it's like they used to always you tell it was like if you're. Uh, on time you're late you yeah, always yeah. got to be there like 30 minutes before <laughs> illustrated this morning yes, when i'm like yeah, yeah. you're fucking but, here and i'm like i'm getting batteries i'll be right there but i'm it doesn't bother me if like if someone else is late but it, i feel like such a shit bag if i'm hmm. late you know like, yeah i don't like if if anyone else is late whatever yeah. you know I, I understand but when i'm late i feel like a horrible person yeah you know i just that's just me i think that but that's from the military well you know? so when you start like what did you start experiencing um that led you to because because like that's what i was gonna ask is like do you still use that like that knowledge of like in training you were able to or and even in i'm sure then in actual military like deployment but like knowing because for jujitsu is like that right like knowing that i got out of certain things at jujitsu i have abilities jujitsu like helps me in other parts of my life like do you draw on that like well i got through that thing so i know i can get through this thing you know yes both yeah both things jujitsu and the military i always use that because i was like man if you can get through that then there's very few things that you can't get through right because sometimes jujitsu is rough as fuck yeah. there's some days where i'm just like shit i'll go home and i'll just stare at the wall for like <laughs> half an hour and like what just happened you know would you was there any moment ever in the military that you got through that you were like that you think about still as like a moment of like i did that i can get through this you know or like in training or anything? you know yeah but then the, the military will always find a way to beat that you know you think oh, give fuck. you something more fucked up something more fucked up you're like ah oh, fuck i can't believe i did that and then like a week maybe in the next day you're like oh fuck we just got we just did something else so it's yeah. always like plus you don't get time to like I, they just keep you always going you know so like you don't get time for anything like to even think about stuff so you just oh. constant 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 is that like that's like just giving you tasks constantly to yeah do? that's probably i feel like that's planned probably you know it's gotta, it's be. gotta be right because as soon as you said that i was like of course because yeah. like time to reflect is yeah that's be useful yeah that's even still to this day like I would I've heard I heard this saying it's like uh idle time is a devil's devil's playground or something like that uh-huh. like if you just don't idle do nothing the devil's play. yeah 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 right but see, if you just thing. don't do nothing like you just you know your mind starts going crazy right? Dude, that's so interesting cuz I think about that a lot like this is a subject that I talked to my mom about recently was it's this weird thing of like sometimes yeah you have having space is uh yeah you just spin and you start like navel gazing and it yeah. can get like you can lose track of like reality right it can get dark yeah but at the same time that's the space that you need like you need to create a certain kind of space and time to think about and consider and process things yes. to like ha- be healthy like again like i really do think certain things if you don't work them out they just fester and they'll right. start to like come out in other ways. Yeah, and they'll be like, 100%, yeah. and you start to be like, you better fucking pay attention to me yeah. or else I'll keep getting more destructive. Yeah. And, uh, and so it is weird to think like until you're offered tools, maybe to emotionally work through things that that time of space is like not useful. And also I wonder, also I wonder if it's like just cause you're in the, a situation where, 
like if I'm if I make some big breakthrough in therapy or something like that and I'm fucking crying and I'm like all oh, whatever and yeah. things like that, it would probably be a really bad time that they'd be like, Everybody fucking stand to or whatever. Yeah. Let's there's somebody attacking, you know? Yeah. Probably a really bad moment. And it probably has to do with that too, that like you just don't they can't make space for that in this situation. You right. have to wait till it's over to like you know? Yeah. I mean that thing you said about throwing your watch away is like really fascinating and it's it's very poetic right actually too it, it like almost sounds like a movie moment or something yeah like you know but that symbol of just like even tracking the time is not serving me here yeah yeah can you talk a little more about that i, I it was just for me I don't, I don't know if everyone else did it but it just it's like you're in a different dimension even you know it just feels like you're so secluded from everything that's over here you know and you're just like in a whole different place and the only people you have is your friends you know so that's all it's not like you can go to the store or go home right. and like oh what time it's nine o'clock it was for my favorite show or you know whatever yeah you know it's just every day you just you just keep going you know yeah. you just constantly going so it's like no time to really pay attention so did your did the ptsd stuff start happening while you were still like while you were in barstow or did it was it not till like like you started worrying about it after until like after being out out it really started kicking in because i got out almost right after my deployment because i came back to bar like i re-enlisted while i was in afghanistan and then i got back to barstow and finished the rest of it and it was like quick boom i'm out i'm back in you know i'm back with here. the barstow stuff yeah after the barstow oh after you know? the barstow. i was in yeah, barstow for like i wasn't even there for like a year i think you know? not even so, a year no yeah this so, was fresh so from deployment you went from deployment Right back to Barstow, basically. So I just had to like, you had to go back to your original place, which was Germany. Germany. I stayed there for like a month, all processing, getting my stuff ready, and then boom, straight to Barstow. Yeah, I was one of the few that did that. Everyone else just kind of stayed over there. But I, I wanted to be close to home. I oh, just missed home. Yeah. So then you're Barstow for less than a year. Probably less than a and year. And then yeah. when, what made you choose to be like? I know how how long was it from like I'm done with the army. Or you know what I mean? Or like, did they, or do they go? Okay, you're done with the army. No, they actually tried to get me to reenlist again, and they tried to get me to go to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, no. I, I just I knew it was like I did my time. You know, I did everything I could. So I, I think it's time for me to just be home. You know, yeah, with my family, or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, enjoy it. Like, cause something I I like, I'm jealous of. Like you said, you said you saw the eighteen year olds at college. I I do get jealous of that sometimes because I feel like I missed out yeah. on like a lot, you know. Because I, I was at nineteen, I was a combat veteran you before I can have a beer, yeah. you know. Before I can, and people tell me, no, 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 trust me, you, you were better off. But then there's there's part of me that I was like, man, I wish I like could go out when I was like in college and get drunk and you know do all that stuff that yeah. like. Do you People feel like do. you do that stuff now? Do you like do you like make up for lost time? I, or at you all, know, no, not really. I yeah. try every once in a while. You know, I try, but I still feel like I was like, ah, you know. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I I didn't go to college or anything yeah. like that. Totally different. Yeah. Totally just different reasons. I wasn't fucking in a war, yeah. you know. But like, um, but not just even going to college. I mean, just like just living life as an eighteen, yeah. nineteen year old. Well, just, I I think that's the thing uh, that. Maybe it might be one of the sources of maybe the source of like traumas for people is like having to grow up too fast. Yeah. Is like before, you know, my family's just falling apart. My dad was like falling apart and I was just, I would like drive my little brothers to AYSO and cook up. And you know, you just start being a parent like when you're young. Yeah. And I think sometimes that that is like, maybe that's the source of it. What did something ask, like you were asked to grow up very early. Yeah. Like even if you had 
family taking care or moms and stuff yeah. like that. Like even if it wasn't sibling stuff. It was like you had to deal with very uh, adult things very early, just just by very exposure to early. violence. Yeah, I actually there's this crazy story from Echo Park. Was I was like eight, nine years old, and then there was this little girl missing. So like it was dark back then. There was no real lights in Echo yeah. Park. So we like the whole neighborhood went out looking for her for like with flashlights. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, this is this is probably not normal. You know, this is I'm like nine years old, eight years old, whatever, looking for a little girl who got kidnapped in Oof. Echo Park with like flashlights. Yeah, like, yeah. My mom took us out. Yeah, so I feel like her? I've been exposed. So the, I always thought like, oh, then the did army's just her? like a, did anybody find her? they did find her. Yeah, oh, they brought good. her back. That's kind of happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we got it. Yeah, so. And then, so you, what were you saying? The army felt like it felt like it was just a natural thing. Like, yeah, this yeah. is supposed to happen. You yeah. know. Dude, that's interesting. I I don't know. I think everybody like laments the life that they didn't have. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's true. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe that, I think that's also our struggle is like to meet. Yeah, because then I have I meet people the opposite. They're like, man, I wish I would have joined. You know, I just stayed here. There's people I have that of people yeah, tell sure. me all the time. You know, like oh, I wish I would have joined. Then I'm like, uh. How do you feel about that? Like people who go like, oh, well, I was. I thought about it, man. Or I, you I, know, I, I get that. Like, I veterans get that. Like, if I had a dollar for like every time I get that, yeah. I'd, I'd be a millionaire. You know. Well, yeah, because I feel like I mean, like I have an instinct to do it. You're yeah. like, well, because I think every man does. Think of course, about yeah, it, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That's so. But how do you feel about that, or what's your response to that? I'm or? just like, well, now I've get it so much, yeah. you know, that it's just like, yeah, I, I believe you, you know, <laughs> yeah, I believe you because I was the same way except I I signed the contract, you know, so yeah, I probably would have been the same way if I didn't join. I would have been like, man, I wish I would have joined. Do you yeah. feel a separation from like civilians and people who serve? I do. Yeah. yeah. What's that about? What's that like? Uh, no, it's it's so weird because uh, it, the best way to explain it is as I was talking to my friend about this. It's like you don't. It's hard to feel safe with civilians because with veterans, you know, they'll they're you know they've proven it to you that they will put their life life on for you, yeah. right? They love you like you rather. You get hurt, then your friends or anyone else get hurt. You know, you'd rather that. Everyone yeah. else rather that, you know. So you know with them, it's like, for sure, if something happens, I don't even have to question what you're going to do. I know you're going to be there for me. And I've yeah. actually, it's actually happened in the civilian world where a veteran and a friend that I had from high school, you know, something happened. And let's just say the veteran was way more there for me than yeah. a friend who I have known for years, right? Yeah. And a guy I just met like three months ago, maybe in the wow. army, right? So you always feel like, they're they they will be there for you and no matter what like it's, it's not even a question it's always been like and that's what uh i think that's why people miss the military so much it's not like all the crazy stuff it's it's like f real real family that you care about you know? yeah it's interesting you hear you say that because like i that the f phrasing even like that it's hard to feel safe with civilians um i think because i think a lot of the stereotypes are like uh, like you're saying like for civilians are like I think there's something scary inherently to the herd yeah. um, of like the people who have been close to darkness. Yeah. Like not even, you know what I mean? Like even if you didn't do anything violent or whatever, but like just the fact that you were close to it, it's like the herd that's like, hasn't been by the scary thing is like, right. we should worry about that, that, that things, you know? And, um, and that's interesting to hear. Like, I don't know. I used to have this joke about like, dudes and uh, like that um <laughs> that i would say uh i couldn't trust anyone um if i was able to if i if someone <laughs> i would say like i couldn't trust someone i was able to capture kill and begin eating within five minutes <laughs> that's pretty like, funny yeah that I like if they that. can't 
run or fight or something a little bit that there is some part of you that um like in a primal like pack mentality way yeah. is like well you're suspect because yeah. like you're gonna be a liability or since you can't necessarily face problems in a survival sense this way yeah. you might worm out and like and it was a it's a silly crazy mindset but it's like i don't know for me in martial arts it was like that feeling of like well people who we'd beat each other up i i trusted them you know more and, and i felt closer to them than normal people who are right. just like yeah because you know you've seen them battle tested right you know what they're about you know what yeah. you know what happens when the tough gets going you i know? think it's reassuring to know there are people who um yeah, if things get fucked up or like go into places that like humans aren't supposed to yeah. go, like impolite. Like a lot of people, like we're in such nice polite society. That's like that bystander effect. Right. It's like when something bad happens around you, you kind of like can't believe it's happening, and you just spend so much time you know, not, like, wait, this isn't really happening, right? This isn't really. I don't think this is that. By the time the moment's over, like the person's been mugged or bullied yeah, or whatever. That's so crazy because I've actually had like three things have happened like this uh, past six months where the whole bystander thing happens here and it drives me crazy because people just don't do anything they just watch and like do so like i had to step up those three times where like one time there was this crazy man at starbucks and you know just walking in and he was talking crazy to one of the nice lady uh just barista girl and he's like i'm gonna slap you bitch you know it's like and no one did anything and i had to get up yeah and tell him to get out you yeah. know i was like get out don't talk to her like that get out and no one did anything was, that was the craziest part for me and then two other times it's the exact same thing and it's just people just yeah over the take their phone out you know yeah and it's just exactly. crazy it's like this girl's a like nice worker just doing her job and you got this crazy man coming in telling you he's gonna hit her and then he walked up to her and that's when i got up yeah you know because people create yell shit all the time but he started walking towards her yeah. so i got up and i told him to, you know to get the fuck out i feel like there's a lesson in that that like people I think people, it's easy for people to feel broken by their traumas, you know? Yeah. Like, obviously, you have a different, uh, very specific, very extreme, you know, experience of, experiences of violence and stuff. Um, one of the things in my mom's uh, violence program that uh, these prisoners would say, and they, and they're, is like, there's so many different kinds of violence, though. Like, there's emotional and, and physical, and there's economic, like, taking and, you know, from people and spiritual violence. Like, there's all these different ways that you can be violent. And, and for human organisms, even just being a child, like a baby around people who are screaming at each other and, like, really mean it, like your parents, yeah. like, really, like, that can fuck you up, like, when right. you're really young. And I think it's maybe an empowering idea to think that, like, truly the trauma that yes it's gonna fuck with you a little bit and there's gonna be some things you have to deal with and it's not fun yeah but also it has prepared you that like when scary things happen now you don't have to be unused to it and frozen by this confusing uh situation right that all the other bystanders are just like so like what do we i don't even know what to because their body's so overwhelmed just right. facing something traumatic yeah that like by going through traumas there is a part of you that at least like you can be seen as a strength i think that yeah. you have some familiarity yeah. with that like there's emotional a, space like you have a calm in the storm pretty much yeah, yeah. that you yeah. won't be controlled and overwhelmed by yeah. those scary situations yeah that that it can actually be we can we can carry the difficulties we've been through as proof that we could do it again. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of nice. That's kind yeah. of like a beautiful, um, let me move into my, uh, just gotta get you out of here. I think I'll do these six quick Q, uh, section, but that'll also help. Um, yeah, we'll go quick. Um, the first question is always like, have you been diagnosed with anything specific? And like, what did they, what did they call it? So they call it PTSD. 
Yeah. Yeah. At the VA. Yeah. And what was the what were like the symptoms of that and stuff? How does so it? It's a lot of things. It's bipolar. There's depre- uh, depression. There's uh, yeah. I think those were the main two ones. For anxiety. You, what were you experiencing that led almost you to- all of them? Yeah. So yeah. I had like anxiety. I had depression. I had bipolar. I was like one day I was happy. One day I was just completely miserable. I had went through like a whole one year of like just straight depression. Where I just I didn't want to get up anymore. Like literally, I was just wake wake up look up and be like yeah i don't, I don't even think i want to wake up today mm-hmm. yeah so was it a friend or family member that was like hey this doesn't seem like you or did you just get like what made you end up because that alone is so fucking hard to get people from the place of like they're experiencing something especially when it's depression because yeah. that is my experience also that feeling of just like it is impossible to leave the bed like right. i can't explain yeah to, you want to yeah like, yeah you definitely want to that's i think the hardest thing to make people understand yeah. it's is not like, like i want to be on my bed yeah just, yeah like i don't want to be there you know it, it's very fr- it's actually weirdly like we're talking about our rotator cuff problems yeah. and this the strangeness of the first time i actually tore something being like it's not even pain it's like i can't yeah like you're exactly. trying yes it, that's that's a good way to put it yeah and it is so frustrating to be like your loved ones, your friends, people you work with to be like, I really want to be yeah. functioning. Imagine if someone just said, just lift your arm. That's all you got to do. Like, what, what are you yeah. doing? Right? Like, I like, don't I, know what to tell I you. The tendons- I want to. Trust me, I want to. But you yeah. just can't, right? So that alone is like a big hurdle to cross to just right. go try to get some help. Yeah. So how did you do that? Or how, what led you to that situation? To get help? Yeah. They just, it took a lot of time. And it was, it had to put to the point where I had to, I didn't want to believe it. I think you know that the whole time I was kind of in denial. I was like, "No, this is normal. This happens to everybody." But then, finally, I was just like, "Yeah, this this is probably not not normal for me to just want to be in bed all day. You know, mm-hmm. not do nothing, not get up." You're you talking know? like years, months, like that. This is like a whole year, probably. Yeah, yeah. And that and that was what prompted you. You you ended up at the VA. I ended up at the VA, yeah. And then I just I I've been taking just I always try to like read or watch, and I take little things from different people you know i take like i steal their ideas pretty much like if someone says go for a run I'll, all right i'll try that you know if someone says try the cbd all right i'll try that you know yeah. so I've, i'm mixing and matching what works for me and so far i found you know cbd does work for me and jujitsu works perfectly for me with that you yeah. know and running as well I, I love running so really? running helps me out yeah how, how much do you run I used to run every day. Yeah. Yeah. But now that it, cause it's hard to run after jujitsu or before yeah, jujitsu, sure. you know, so now I, I don't run as often, but I do one of those people that I really do get the runners high. Like it's cr- one of the craziest feelings I've ever had. How much, like how, what length of running would you do at a time? Uh, it for sure had to be more than three miles. I've never, I don't Damn. think I've ever had a, a yeah. runner's high be- before three miles. So was that like standard? You were like when you were running every day, like four miles. Or? Oh, I was doing more than that. Yeah. I've, I've done like half marathons just at night by myself. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. I was really into running. Yeah. Dude, that's rule. That rules. I, I've never been able to get over the hump of like loving running. Like, yeah, I think four, it's like, four but miles I think, you know, it's I've funny. Never... I think that's why I like it because people, I, of course I hit that all the time, but I think that's why I like it so much because it sucks so fucking much. Really? But I think, yeah, I, every step is horrible. Every <laughs> single step is like, fuck, why am I here? Why am I doing this? I've done like triathlons and duathlons and you know, you get to the point you're like, why the fuck am I running right now? But that's, then you feel good, so good afterwards. You're like, well, I fucking, I did it, yeah. you know? So it's another that's rewarding so interesting, thing. interesting, man. Yeah, I think I like it because I hate it. Yeah, you know? it's weird. It's, um, I'm not going to like psychoanalyze yeah. you like crazy. You, just, you know, I don't, I don't fucking know. I'm not, a, I'm psych- but it is interesting to yeah. me that there's a part of you and maybe I'm just seeing it in myself also that like, 
yeah, discomfort is like a safe space. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's, that's, yeah, I think you're 100% right, yeah. I don't know. that. I wonder if that has to do with like early in life we were put yeah. in uncomfortable situations that we didn't have a choice yeah. over. It's the whole get comfortable in, in the uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And so now you get like to control it. Like you're right. like, well, no, I'm picking the yeah. discomfort yeah. and it can't fucking do shit to me. Yeah. I still do it anyway. Yeah. That it's like, I don't know. It like creates a sense of like control and power over these things that were once uncontrollable. Yeah. Um, did you end up at the VA? Like, did you go in specifically to say like, hey, I think I want to talk to somebody about this like PTSD stuff I've been hearing about. Or were you there for another reason? It was like a coincidence or. I was there for another reason. I was there for, I believe, my back. And then they, they asked, they're like, do you want to see a mental health? And I was like, sure. So I was like, because I felt like, okay, yeah, yeah. it's time for me to do something about but this. That's fucking really important to know. Like it takes, it, we got to make it, invite people and make yeah. it, you know, because I think it is hard. That's so just interesting, you yeah. know, and good job on them that they were like, hey, and by the way, do you, are yeah. you interested in this? Yeah. How do they ask you? Because I feel like I feel like that that's the kind of thing, like you were saying, there's stigma associated, like some, for some people that like, um, I feel like you'd have to ask that in a cool way. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've made it way more. I just when I first went to the VA, it was, was like right after I got out, and I just I didn't feel it didn't feel good. Like I felt bad, you know. They just like kind of brushed me off a little bit. So I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And but now I think it's what 2018. Now they know maybe that it's a real problem. So now they're like, yeah, come in, you know. We'll get you uh, yeah. what you need, you know. Um, so it's kind of segues to my second question, and which is always like, uh, what have you, what treatments or have you tried? Have you tried any medications that they've prescribed you or medications that weren't prescribed to you to deal with issues? No. And I'll tell you why, because I had a friend who actually overdosed on some of the stuff they gave him at the Do you know VA. What they gave him? I don't know what they gave him, but I know he overdosed on that. And he died. Or, uh, I think it was on the, uh, and sleeping pills too, I think. That is something that I think people need to be aware of. My dad had, uh, he survived it, but he had um, an overdose and it was from, I think, lithium, yeah. um, which is any pre- and other a bunch of other shit that he was on. But that you do have to be right. careful. So that's why I've always been scared of taking any stuff like that. So that's why I think just for me, it's been CBD. You know, CBD yeah. has been wonders for me. Well, so when the, when the VA says you have PTSD, like what did they recommend then for like, treating it and stuff do they try to put you on medication or they what? they try they try a bunch of this they try like group meetings with other veterans which i think is a really good one you know you get to talk to other just veterans that, to yeah people. just talking to people i think it's one of the biggest things yeah that's that's so that's dope so they like they do they they go for like therapeutic options and stuff b- yeah before they, or also yeah. with they even have like yoga classes you know stuff like that Dude, yoga yeah. do you do yoga ever i have and i think it's awesome that's it's wonderful awesome. yeah yeah it's really weird it's like uh I truly think that it's, I mean, it's not weird. It's thousands of years old and people yeah. did it to like heal themselves. Like yeah. it's, uh, I do think yoga is one of those things that I would recommend to literally anyone. Like other things that, you know what I mean? Like certain yeah. things like, yeah, just not for everyone. Boxing not for everyone. Lifting weights right. is for everyone. Yoga is like for everyone. Right. Every, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and I think the people who don't like it, who are like, I just get bored. I hold it. Right. I like, you're the ones who need to do it. Yeah. Like, the most for probably, real. Yeah, yeah. Like whatever it is that's making it so you can't sit still in yeah. that, like, you should stay and think about that. Definitely, yeah. Um, all right, that's that's cool. Uh, and then so the CBD, but that's I think that's also cool. Like, did you ever like drink a lot or anything like that? I did. Yeah, I would drink a lot. Yeah, right after that's I, I, I drank. Yeah, a I drank a lot. Yeah, and I feel like that's associated with like soldiers and stuff too. It's almost yeah, it's like very, socially acceptable. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like given to you. I mean, when we got back, it was like cases and cases of beers. You know, really? so it's like it's just normal. It's like 
it's just a big frat party kind yeah. of pretty much yeah but. what was your what was your drinking like and because and, i don't think, you don't really drink uh, that much now do you No, yeah. i i drink i have a drink here and there you know i you know with a burger or whatever with yeah, a food yeah. but but yeah uh, we drank a lot in the military a lot like a lot and plus i was you, in germany so sure sure you know, it was but like was crazy. the drinking like did you ever feel like you were doing it like for self-medicating reasons or like what i mean that's you know what i mean like it's a fine line yeah between like am i just having a period of my life where i'm partying a lot or like i think a lot of people get by by being like hey i just like to party but yeah. like you know when i got real with myself i was like "Ooh, this is uh oh i'm doing this I'm doing this because I fucking don't want to feel something. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It was. It felt like a painkiller for the body and the mind because you know we had to do exercise every single day, so we were tired. You know, your beat. Yeah. Plus the whole all the mind stuff. So it felt like a painkiller for both. You know. So I, uh, we did Hell drink yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel that. I was. Um, I don't know, man. Alcohol is a funny thing because I also think it can honestly, like in in the right context and amounts, like. It can be great. Yeah. It can like 100%. So yeah. I described it once as like alcohol feels like a little bit like a pause button or like a slow motion button. Yes. So yeah. like it'll take whatever feeling and make it la like so if you're having a wonderful night with friends, a great like dinner or yeah. like you know party, you all drink and it kind of makes time like a yeah. little more buttery. Right. And it's like, oh, this is so it makes Agree. the feelings. Yeah. But like if you are sad or, or scared or like fuck you know but can't process it or whatever like it'll slow shit down yeah. and it'll drag you because it numbs you a little bit too right but it'll also like just makes it like makes it way longer before you're going to process through that or heal through that pain it's like you really do just put it off yeah all right so that's like that's great cbd and and fitness is yeah. like and, and then talking to people yeah. are like the best cool um what's something cheesy that inspires you you guys, my training partners. Really? Yeah, all you guys. Like, you guys are awesome. So I, I get inspiration from all you guys. Yeah. Dude, I feel that way so sincerely. And it's weird because there's a lot of people that we train with. Like, I mean, I'm I'm really bad at names. Like, yeah. I, it's a, I'm, I feel really guilty about how bad I am at names. But like, um, <laughs> like there are people who's like, I know their Instagram name is better than their real name or whatever. But like, or even if I don't know that, but I feel like I know them and they're important to me and yeah. close to me just because of the way they roll with, you know, yeah. be, because of like, and not only in the way they roll, like, Oh, they're really badass or something like that. Like there is something really fucking weird and you can't, it's hard to describe to anybody who doesn't like experience it about like this, the way you learn about people, yeah. the way you communicate yeah. with each other without words, the like stuff you work out, like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's weird, man. I was I was thinking, um, you know, a lot of stuff like Me Too movement stuff and things like that was is like one thing I was thinking about, and this this sounds like a weird segue, but I think it's like really related. Is like uh, if sex ed was like part of sex ed was like conversations openly about all the weird sex stuff people like to do, and also like how boundaries work and how consent works, and that you just communicate with people, and and it's like it's not like this. Uh, sneaky world we got to trick people into liking you and fucking you or whatever like that truly like everybody's a person and if it just wasn't weird and we knew how to have tools to talk about it yeah. and i think sometimes uh jujitsu teaches for violence but like there's kind of like sex and violence or like across but, like you have these 
understanding of boundaries and respect right. and consent like like we're trying to kill each other but yeah. it's because we're both agreeing to right and we yeah. trust that like when you fucking that you're not gonna break my foot right when yeah. i yeah, tap, tap right. and that you will which is also for me if i don't tap right like that like i agree that i say like no if you don't try to break my foot then you don't love me exactly you know yeah. and that there's like i don't know i think there's something in that um the ability to create like because we're we're creating we're creating deaths death simulations yeah like we're putting our bodies into these like emotion like before you train or when you're new you still have these like adrenaline responses oh, just rolling yeah. and on tough days i still get them like yeah. my toes get numb yeah that like i think it does something that you're going to these like dangerous emotional psychological spaces yeah but you're doing it among people who keep it safe in right. an environment that keeps it safe. Yeah, and you trust your partners. You know, yeah. So, uh. I don't know. That's, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so that's three, four. What's something dark about you? Uh, something dark about me. I mean, that's me. broad when you've like been very open about like a lot of darkness that's touched your life and things and that you, you know, so, you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but. Oh, I don't know. I have to think about that. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> Yeah. That's okay. You've been very generous. I don't want to like open Pandora's yeah. box, you know. <laughs> um no, um what's the what's the fourth one the the that was that was four that was four something dark about you. I asked you these Oh my god, I can't remember my own questions. Um oh yeah, what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Wow, these are some good questions. I ask them every time. I know. The last gorgeous thing I saw. Oh, you know what? I saw the moon last night. It was I've never seen the moon like that. Yeah, it was very big and it was it was huge. I've never seen it that huge. And it was right by downtown and it was just like half half of the moon, but I've I've never seen it like that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Just yeah. just color and size. Yeah, just color. I've never seen the color, I've never seen the size. What was the color? It was it wasn't like the white, it was more yellowish, like dark yeah. brownish yellowish. It was it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, wait, let me make sure I got this. So it's like we did a uh, diagnosis, we did prescription, we did um, dark about you, we did gorgeous thing. Did I skip something? And then, uh, well, I think I'm skipping something. Oh, cheesy, you find inspiring. We did that. Okay, mm-hmm. then we're on the last one. Great, we're six, six quick cues. The last one is I have this thing, this don't kill yourself list, uh, which is when I felt like killing myself, I started uh, this thing. Uh, I always started with lavender uh, soap, uh, coffee sandwiches and lavender soap is like, because they're, and the idea is they're things that are easy to access, not too expensive necessarily. They're just every day you can get them, but they're wonderful and undeniable and um their reasons to stay alive. So I would like you to add one or several things, whatever you want, to the "Don't Kill Yourself" list. Oh, to them, uh, I would say coffee is one of them, and I think an p- important one is just have a, at least one friend that you can say absolutely anything to. Yeah, yeah. Even if you just have one, that one friend that you can just let it out. You yeah, know? I think that's very important. Yeah, you know? just like fucked up shit. Yeah, because there's so obviously you can't talk to everyone the same way. You know, but you got to have that one friend that you just can, like, man, you know what? I'm going through some shit or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, and they'll, they'll listen. Maybe they won't, they're just there to listen, you know? They don't have to say anything sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. like really powerful yeah. in a way that I still don't understand. Yeah. Like just being able to say it out loud yeah. to someone. Yeah. I mean, thanks a lot yeah, for doing thank this. You. Dude, thank you for this having fucking me. Rules. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of like talking out loud and stuff, and um, 
don't know. I think that's you're kind of like an amazing example. I thank mean, you. I yeah. I thank you for sharing because I learned so much about you. We yeah. do jiu-jitsu together yeah. a bunch, but all the time. Yeah. I I don't know. I didn't know so much of that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think you should. I'm sure you already do, but like, you've gone through crazy shit. Yeah. Even like if you had never done the army, just that stuff yeah. as a kid yeah. and to be who you are and how you are in the world is like dope. Dude. Yeah. And, and I, and I also think it's, um, I also think it's pretty cool. Like I truly do believe in like the healing power of like weed. Like yeah. I'm a total fucking stoner, yeah, I guess yeah. about it. But like I, it is a weird mystical plant where it's like, it serves all these functions for people and yeah. can really fix you. And I, and I think it's also very poetic that you, um, that you came like that you're a soldier and now you tried to and succeeded at healing yourself and were open even before you started that you're still healing yourself yeah. and now that's like your work is in this like giving medicine to right. the world you yeah. know i don't know that's like very beautiful it's full circle well thanks man yeah, thank and you. uh yeah i guess i'll see you back yeah. in class and do you want to do you have like a instagram or anything you want people to follow and if you don't it's okay it's yeah I'm fine. I, it's i just don't know i was like some people just think it's blanket statement like yeah. everybody wants publicity or whatever yeah. like that. But do you want anybody? No, All right. I appreciate that. If you that's know awesome. me, you'll add me. You know, that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Well, thank you so fucking much for being here, dude. And uh, and happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Thank Everybody. you for so much for having me. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I appreciate All right. it. All right. Here we go. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 